Welcome to this edition of News Live Chat. I am Nick Zangle. So there's lots going on in the public sector this week, including off-year elections across the United States. But today I want to focus on and highlight the Virginia elections in particular. Then later I will give my much-needed delayed wrap-up to the California recall election, which happened back in September. And I'll explain a little bit later why I delayed and why I'm sharing my thoughts now. But first... Let's jump right in to some election news of the past week out of the Commonwealth of Virginia here in the United States of America, where Glenn Youngkin pictured here, the Republican beat Terry McAuliffe, who is not pictured, but he was a Democrat, and Terry McAuliffe had been governor two terms ago, and they have a rule in Virginia where you can't be governor two to consecutive terms. So... Youngkin won by a few few percentage points after trailing in the polls not too long ago. And a lot this past week has been analyzed on this front about this win. And mostly from opponents of McAuliffe's agenda, most notably opponents to McAuliffe's comments on the debate stage late in the campaign that parents should not be involved in setting school curriculum. Of course, McAuliffe backtracked on that once he got a lot of blowback, but he said it kind of without any hesitation. So that was clearly hard for him to bounce back from. And it wasn't just that some guy running in some random state made this comment. This was said in the state where the critical race theory in school debate gained momentum and garnered national attention because of those viral school board meeting altercations between parents and teachers and school board members. And there are many indications that was the driving force behind Youngkin's win here, even though depending on which news outlet you watch or read, you may be getting a different spin on this. Some are spinning this as the racist Trump supporters came out in support for Youngkin, even though both candidates were white men. Or you might see it being spun that these white Karen suburban moms helped Youngkin win as well. But also of note on that race front in Virginia, too, was Lieutenant Governor race was won by a Marine veteran and Jamaican-American immigrant, Winsome Sears, who is now the first, and she's pictured here, the first woman to be elected to statewide office in Virginia, as well as the first woman of color elected to statewide office in Virginia's history. Now you'd think everyone across the board and across party lines would be celebrating this as the top story coming out of this, this race and these elections this past week. But it appears this isn't the case because now Lieutenant, Co- Lieutenant Governor-elect Sears ran as, drumroll, a Republican. And in her acceptance speech, and now she's been talking about her win, She's only really acknowledging the obvious that she is clearly a black woman, but quickly pivots to her message of being a proud American immigrant, a proud Jamaican American, and how her story is the American dream, which one side appears to not want to highlight that. And this further supports the theory that I've supported of, of many championing people of color and women or any other minority as a means to an end for power and control and money, because if it was about the principle of supporting minorities, you wouldn't care what political party someone associates with or their views. But it is becoming more and more clear every day who the race baiting, race hustling, race grifting people are. And I'll let you just, just I'll let you share if you'd like in the comments 
who comes to mind when you think of race baiting, race hustling, race grifting, or a picture in, in your head who comes to mind when you hear that. But I don't think there's anything more quote unquote white supremacist or quote unquote patriarchal whatever than a media blackout of coverage of the first woman and first woman of color elected to state office in this race and even going as far as to smear her and other black people who have similar views as her as puppets of white supremacy as if no person of color is allowed to have a mind of their own and come to a different conclusion than more most of the people of the same demographic so i thought that was a very interesting development from this and this has been one of those stories that one side who says they're unsupportive of this kind of thing showed their true colors when what they wanted happened but it just happened to be part of a label that they weren't comfortable with but anyway speaking of people who poked a hole in the stereotypes pushed regarding race and politics Larry Elder, who ran as a Republican in the California recall race to replace Governor Gavin Newsom just over halfway into his first term, was not successful in his attempt back in September. And I've been holding off on giving my wrap-up final thoughts on this whole thing. I've been covering this since, I guess, earlier this year when it really became official that the recall was happening. But I, I sat on my thoughts after the election was called and all the votes had come in um, to kind of let it sink in and see what Newsom would be doing in the following weeks. And this seemed like the perfect timing for this wrap up because there was elections this week and the recall very could have very well could have been this week. But also, uh, I know that the midterms, which is this race is going to come up again next year, is ex almost exactly one year away next week. So that was all the timing. I was kind of thinking in my head, how do I cover this? Um, so I want to highlight with start with some highlights of the positives, even though I personally was disappointed that the effort failed. I've been trying to be kind of pretty neutral or at least trying to share multiple angles of this. And so in the back of my head, I knew it was a possibility that it would fail. But of course, I didn't want it to. But that is what it is at this point. And I've already kind of moved on and and move forward and kind of learning from this, but I want to touch on some of the positives that I found in this other than the people who maybe had a lot riding on this being disappointed and thinking it's kind of doom and gloom. I don't believe in that. So the first fact is that it, the fact that it even got this far in California in today's political climate, I think is something to be proud of and take note of. And even the idea there were talks, it was possible Newsom could have been ousted and this could have been a successful campaign to me is a good sign and it looks like the elections across the country that we saw this past week are more confirmation that the disdain for the ruling class or the establishment fueling the recall in california may actually be more landscape changing elsewhere where there isn't as strong of a one-party rule so in those swing states or in states where it's not as strong of a majority one way or the other or there are more independent voters meaning not registered with republican or, or democrat that is where it could really make the difference and one example of that was in new jersey where no one was really focused on that at least from the news i saw most people were looking at virginia because of all of what i've talked about or in the previous segment of a lot of the viral videos in the school board meetings and so that was a surprise in New Jersey that it was even close, even though the the Democratic governor, uh, Murphy, I think his name is, yeah, um, is the first 
Democrat in that state to be elected to two consecutive terms, they weren't expecting it. So, or they weren't expecting it to be a hard fought race. So maybe the recall in California was an early sign of what is to come. And as this year continued to unfold, we saw that kind of lead up to these last couple elections this past week. And maybe we'll see how the economic recovery goes and other policies coming to fruition and see if that grows the support for a change in direction for America that maybe a lot of people are starting to not be supportive of how things are going currently. Now, another positive is that only 1.2 million people signed the petition for the recall, but nearly 5 million California voters voted yes to recall Gavin Newsom, indicating this had more support than what Newsom and Democrats wanted you to believe and were willing to say. Now, they tried framing this race from the beginning, even before it was official and there was just signature collecting stage, as some far-right, radical, Trump, QAnon-organized thing, and clearly it wasn't. Even if the top people who started the started the uh, movement were those people, maybe, it took... F 5 million people supported it. So clearly they touched on something that millions of people in California were thinking and feeling enough to go out and vote and support the effort. Also good was the fact that Democrats have a two to one advantage in voter registration in California, meaning 66% to 33%. But the results see the no to the recall only getting 62% and the yes getting 38%, meaning there are some who were unhappy enough to not go along with party lines, or that could mean the difference was made up of the independent voters not registered with Democrat or Republican in California. Also indicating this was not a partisan effort as it was framed by the Newsom campaign and most commercials were saying, stop the Republican recall, framing it as this kind of takeover of California, if you will. Now, Larry Elder received 48% of, 48.4% to be exact, of the votes for the replacement candidate question, which was the second question to on the ballot. And while it is reported also that almost 5.5 million voters left the replacement candidate question blank. Now, there are a few ways you can look at this because the Democrats supporting Newsom opted to push for people to leave who are not supportive of the recall, meaning voting no, to leave question two blank for a replacement so as not to give people any idea that anyone else in the party should replace Newsom, almost as if to ignore that any other Democrats were running in the, in the race against Newsom and to try to squash any party, internal party fighting, meaning that there's other options in the party, they wanted their guy in. Um, and so obviously that wasn't true because there were plenty of Democrats to choose from out of the 40 plus candidates on the ballot. but. The most supported Democrat that I saw on in the results was Kevin Pafrath, who is a personal finance YouTuber and real estate investor. So the problem with this method was that if this recall had passed and more than 50% of the voters had said yes on the recall, it would have been much harder to justify if justify the um, justify the legitimacy legitimacy of the entire recall process, which is what they've been trying to do, of a replacement candidate not getting 50% of the vote. So they, sh I think they should have, um, they, they 
they took the risk here, but they should have, if they were want to be very sure, put someone up there, nominate someone or endorse someone in the party that has the same policies and same whatever, just a different look, name, and feel of uh, Gavin Newsom because a lot of people might have been voting against his personality. And at least that would have cut into Larry Elder's percentage of votes, even if he still won. And for context, the last recall in California in 2003, where Arnold Schwarzenegger won, he got about 48% of the vote. So he, him and Larry Elder basically got the same percentage of votes as far as replacement candidate, but this recall uh, effort failed. But they can't use it, use the fact that maybe the top candidate only got 20 something percent or 30 something percent rather than almost 50%, which would have been hard to to um, debunk. Uh, so it looks like their strategy did pay off this time, but it could have been really bad had the effort actually passed and they didn't put up a replacement candidate. And then you do have a Larry Elder, a Republican, and then kind of self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. So they must have been very confident. I don't know that the, the recall wouldn't, wouldn't pass, but I don't know. But another positive also is when you look at the the map of the recall which i'll show here and if you're listening and not watching then um you might want to go to the youtube channel or rumble and see the the visuals but i can i'm going to try to explain it well enough so you understand but when you look at the recall map where they have the shades of each county being this color in this case yellow meant yes to the recall and green meant no to the recall uh, for each county it looks like in the map that you see an overwhelming amount of no's from a color percentage of the map. But when you look closer, um, well, and it was actually not as good before all the votes came in, it was actually even less shaded in because the early votes really saw that Democrat was the Democrat side was or the no was was winning more. But I can I'm explain a little bit here of how that was kind of misleading. Um, but when you look closer at a few counties, in particular, Orange County, Orange County, San Bernardino, San Luis Obispo, and San Joaquin counties, they were all within five points of flipping to a yes, which from an optics picture would change things. And I want to just point out a few things here. So hopefully you can see my cursor. So if you look at the map here, you see this yellow right here is all the no's, or all the yes, sorry, and the green is the no's. But if you look at this big block here of San Bernardino County, this was only, I think, 0.4% away from being a yes. So this could have turned yellow very easily. You see Orange County here, which is a very conservative area, was about, I think, four points different. And so you see Southern California plus San Luis Obispo County, which is here on the coast, right under that kind of straight across line. That was only, I think, six point different, maybe even less. And so you see one, two, three counties in Southern California, these three very sizable counties from a population perspective and from a just a square footage or square mile perspective on the map would have made the map look a lot different. And then if we go to Northern California, San Joaquin, I think is, is right here. That was only, I think 6%. So that would have changed the central Valley as well. And I think this little sliver up here above Sacramento, which is Nevada County, I believe that was a pretty close one too. Every other one was, was pretty far off, like 10, 15%. Uh, but you just see how, optically it could change very easily and this is and it, it only got more yellow throughout or as more results came in so also i wanted to touch on in, in that same vein the 
Virginia race that happened this week, if you were looking at the map too, where they had red for Republican winning counties and then blue for Democrat, you see, if you look at the map in the same way we just did with the California one, it looks like if you're just looking at clearly how much of the map is red versus how much is blue, it would be hard to argue that the red was not the dominant force across the entire state with a few pockets of blue. The problem is that race was still considered close because the blue were the heavily populated areas. So I think it's interesting to see how your eyes don't necessarily match up to what the data says because there are so many variations of population and makeups of all these different counties and interesting little things. And of course, congressionally, the districts don't line up exactly with counties a lot of times. So there's all these weird things that go on and it's interesting how it can play with your perception of what's going on. And as we know, that's very powerful. Even if something isn't true, if you believe it to be true, or if a lot of people perceive it to be true, that can be even more effective than having a truthful thing happening. So just wanted to point that out. I always think that's interesting because I love the data and analytics part of this. So now it looks like the hill to climb for, I don't know why is this, hold on, let me make sure I'm still good here. Hold on one second. Oops. Okay, let's go back. Um, so hopefully that's good enough. Yeah, okay. Um, sorry, I, I should have just gone back to my other one. All right, so it looks like the hill was too big to climb to overcome the advantage of the, the, the party rule in California. And who knows if the election had taken place this past week on the same day as all these, these other races, if it would have looked any different. But Maybe that was the reason it was scheduled at the earliest possible date, because there was a word of a tr downward trend in popularity for the Democratic Party agenda and spearheaded by the president, Joe Biden. So I will say I was worried that if Newsom survived, he would he was going to enact all these extreme policies and mandates that he kind of been waiting on to, to wait to see if he survives the recall. But it hasn't really happened yet, besides maybe you could put in that category the vaccine mandates for school children which i've seen already a few families I, I know of that have already moved out of the state entirely because they didn't want to vaccinate their kids so i'm thinking the worst of the migration out of california is yet to come but overall i'm actually surprised he hasn't done more since surviving this which i'm okay with i think that's a good thing but i am holding my breath a little bit considering i think he may be holding off until one year from now when his term is up and maybe want to wait for a second term confirmation before enacting anything else or he won't run again and opt to run for president in 2024 which that election cycle will start right after his term ends in january of 2023 so who knows but i do expect larry elder to be in the running for some form of office next year because his election night speech in orange county indicated he isn't going anywhere anytime soon and he referred to himself as a former radio show host so i think larry elder could either run for governor again or run for federal office of either a congressional district probably in la because that's where he's originally from 
for a statewide office as a, a senator, a U.S. senator. So I think this is just the beginning of the shift back to kind of normalcy and moderacy and kind of the first warning shots that were fired in the unhappiness of people across America with the way things are going. Because if a California recall election can happen only nine months into what is supposed to be the most popular presidency of all time with a candidate that was supposed to be a, a kind of future of the party. And we've seen the same thing with Governor Cuomo in New York, who was touted as kind of the future of the party as well. And all these other elections that didn't really go the way the Democrats were planning. This is all kind of an in indication and all these signs across the country that people aren't happy. And so I think you have to take that into account. So I'm going to wrap up this one for now. But before we go and before you leave any of your live chats and we have a discussion, if there's anything in the live chat before you leave, make sure if you like this episode and you want to show some love for it, make sure to do whatever you do for that, whatever platform you are on. And if you want to make sure you don't miss any other content from the channel anywhere, make sure to do whatever you got to do wherever you're watching to not miss out on anything. And of course, in the description, as always, is the link to my website, nickzangle.com, where you can sign up for my free email list, which is our communication method for in case any of the platforms um, go down and my email directly for kind of a private chat or private message is nick.zangle at nickzangle.com. And I also send out kind of in case you missed it, reminder emails every so often to kind of share the videos you may have missed in case they didn't show up in your feed or whatnot. But with that said, thank you so much for joining me this time. And I will talk to you in the next one. Probably on Monday will be my next news live chat. And I'll be announcing that on the community tab of the YouTube channel. So with that said, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your day, night, evening, whatever time you're watching this at. Bye-bye.